And at the same time, they hear the room beginning to tremble. Uh, and Marco is startled out of his kind of trance watching his mother be reinfested. Um, and he realizes that something is here. Something is coming. This is the sound of a bunch of bodies moving quickly. So the three of them dive into the small private bathroom. Um, and someone, uh, forces open the door to the office with a battering ram. Um, and then Yerk, Yerk, Jesus, uh, Marco, Axe, and Tobias are debating what to do because, uh, Marco realizes that this must be Visser 3's forces here to kill Visser 1. Um, and X says, then they will be doing our job for us. And Marco says, not while I stand around and watch. The person in the next room is not your mother. It's Visser 1. She will kill you the first chance she gets. Uh... I ignored him. Gorilla. It was my favorite power morph, and I was ready to bust some heads. If I couldn't save my mother from her yerk, at least I could save her from whoever was trying to kill Visser One. You are ex being extremely foolish, Axe said. Bull, you're letting your hatred of yerks get in the way. If Visser Three is trying to kill Visser One, there may be an opening for us. Uh, an opportunity. And Axe is like, but Prince Jake said we're not to. And Marco's just like, just blame me. We will, Tobias said with a laugh. Uh, I fucking love Tobias. He's so good. <laughs> She's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. <laughs> like, my guy, you don't need to tell me that. Yeah. I love too that like, we definitely, I, or at least I definitely get a sense from Tobias of, um, that Rachel instinct of enjoying the thrill of it. Um, yeah. Cause like, I, I don't necessarily, like, he, he's definitely thoughtful and, like, still himself, but there's, I, I get the sense of just, this is dangerous and that's exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, the outer door crashes in. Marco is in full gorilla morph, uh, opens the bathroom door. The office is total chaos. Uh, Visser One has grabbed a dragon beam and is crouching behind a surveillance console, a desk. Um, and Hork Bajir are pushing through the doorway. Uh, but it is a choke point. Um, and so they, uh, are not winning instantly. Um, so they have an opening. They have an opening. Uh, Visser One looks at uh, the gorilla coming out of her bathroom um, <laughs> and hesitates. She's not sure if she should shoot him. Um, but uh, she doesn't, she continues not to shoot him and the, the Animorphs kind of get into the fray and push back the hork -Bajir. Um There is some good exchanges here. Like yes. at one point, um, the the kids are doing their part and driving the Horbusier back. And at one point, Vessel One goes uh, like draw levels her dragon beam at Marco, mm -hmm. and Axe just smacks the 
portable Candrona into the side of her head. Yep. Uh, and rather stupid, Vissa, since we're attempting to save your life. And she's just sort of like, mm, yes, Axe has been paying attention. Uh-huh. Loved, love to see uh, this little baby boy shit talking. Uh-huh. <laughs> just like, come on. And he has a couple of good zingers. Mm-hmm, and it's just, mm-hmm. mm, love yeah. that for him. Uh-huh. <laughs> And, and she's just like, I don't accept help from Adelaide's yelling, but she's not got the weapons. She just runs and hides into the bathroom as the kids uh, finish the fight. And Ax, it's basically like Axe is winning the fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get the dude, I think you really scared them. We obviously took them by surprise, he said modestly. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get uh, Tobias, his chopper blades. And then she's like, okay, so is that a getaway or reinforcements? <laughs> don't know, Marco. Uh, yeah, don't know. Marco, open that window for me. <laughs> and Marco just picks up a chair and throws it against the window, shattering it. And he's just like, high rise office windows don't open. <laughs> and I'm like, mm, fairly certain some of them do. Um, but Tobias just like, oh, flies out. Um, and like, okay, so they're leaving. But, uh, Vessel One has now emerged from the bathroom, um, with another dragon beam. Uh, and she goes to fire, uh, but Axe uh, isn't there. It like moves fast enough to not be in mm-hmm. uh, in her sights. And Marco, still in Grillamorph, does this like slide mm-hmm. um, and uh, uses one of these metal briefcases to block a shot aimed at his head, mm-hmm. which is badass, but also must be deeply distressing. Um, yeah, yeah, and with all the power of my gorilla muscles and all the rage of a kid bent on revenge, I leaped forward, tumbled over the surveillance console, went on to Vissa One. 400 pounds of muscle and flesh crashing into this tiny, well, slim human body yeah. and, like, gets her up in an arm lock. Mm-hmm. A gentle arm lock is specified. And, uh, you're just like, uh, uh, we save your regrettable life and you try to kill us. You're a perfect representative of your species. So why don't you kill me? This one spat. Arrogant ads like filth. Why don't you kill me now? As you wish, Axe said, knowing to me. For my part, I say kill her. Kill her now, Axe said in public thought speak. But in a private side, heard only by me and Tobias, he added, I am speaking only for dramatic effect, of course, but it would be good for the yerk to be frightened. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, who has been coaching my boy? <laughs> uh, Jake, it's also deeply it's distressing. Jake. It's Jake. <laughs> uh, yep. But also a little bit Rachel. A little bit Rachel. Too. Uh, but like, we know that Axe is very perceptive and he is mm-hmm. always like paying attention and learning. Mm-hmm. Just like, I have seen you do this or I've seen people do this. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's some very convincing shit talking. Yes. Part. Yes. Uh, Marco tightens his grip. Um, I let her feel the irresistible power in my arms. I resisted the urge to cry. I'm sorry, mom. Uh, but thankfully, the visor uh, falls for this bluff um, and says, stop, don't kill me. Marco relaxes. His mother's body slumps. Um I could hear her labored breathing, see her shoulder blades through the thin, thin silk blouse she wore. We get a lot of hints here of, like, his mother's frailty. Um, mm-hmm. And it really makes me think, like, it 
it reminds you subtly that like if Visser one being on the run like this essentially is very mm. not good for her human host. Um, yeah, like she's definitely not eating well. Um, yeah. There's also like it can't be ignored. There's a certain amount that um, when you're stressed mm-hmm. uh, and undergoing serious um, trauma, mm-hmm. uh, even if you are still eating, mm-hmm. your body will often shed weight. Mm-hmm. I remember um, when my dad died, I dropped like 10 pounds over the space of maybe a month. Mm. I didn't notice it's happening, but I've seen pictures of me from then. Mm-hmm. And you can see how much weight I lost. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't even aware that it was happening. Mm-hmm. But it is that reminder, like, for all she's like walking, talking, Eva's a prisoner. Mm-hmm. And even if Vissa One was the most put together of parasites, it must be quite easy to forget because, like, we've seen Yerks ignore what their host bodies need all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, how good are they are at looking after their hosts' bodies is like. It's interesting. I think, like you say, yeah. in this point instance, like the being on the run is definitely going to exacerbate things. Mm-hmm. But also, Marco is getting older. He's older than he was when his mum died, um, or di- left, or was gone. And at the moment, he's in this body that's bigger than his own. But it's also that thing of as we get older, we realize how small our parents are. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when I reconcile the fact that when my mum was my age, I was like 15. <laughs> mm. And it's like, ah. Mm-hmm. But again, it's just those little observations we get from him. And of course, he's paying attention. But I bet a younger Mark would never have, if that, even if it were the case, if his mother has always been slim. Mm-hmm. Like, like you're saying, like just going in these terms of seeing the fragility of a human body and of course he's focused on that because mm-hmm. that's his mother yeah yeah so but i i i just really like the continual reminder that like even though the viscer is using her mouth and her words and her voice like any time they hurt viscer one they're not hurting mm-hmm. viscer one yeah. Uh, and like later in the book, like Vissa One is forced to do a thing. And it's just like, you have to give a shout out to clearly Eva's a badass. Uh huh. Because like we know she was big in sailing anyway. That's not easy to do either. Mm-hmm. Like it's quite physical if you're like, especially if it's, if it's like a sailboat, not a motorboat. Mm hmm. Uh, just like she ends up doing like a massive, like hour long hike. Mm hmm. It just keeps doing it. And yes, the ho- the Vissa one is pushing the host, but also like, I know my body. I don't care who's piloting it. My body ain't doing that <laughs> shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're lucky my body ain't face down in the dirt after mile three. Just like, oh, nope. I'm done. Yeah. First something else. <laughs> we ain't going nowhere, my friend. <laughs> Should have picked a better host or invested some time on the treadmill first. We're done. <laughs> Uh-huh. So yeah, yeah, 
but also like the I get the vibe. She's clearly a tenacious person, Eva, and I hope this is where I get a, a, a non-committal noise from Danielle um, that we see more of Eva as as things go on. I assume we do. Um, you definitely I will. To believe. Very good. But the fact that we know that she's the one who was all to mark about like finding the joy in life and sometimes mm-hmm. you just need to laugh when things are bad and just like her still like after three years more so at least three four years that she still tells Vissa one to fuck off when it's burrowing back into her head mm-hmm. just like yeah bitch I know who you are I don't care and I love that uh, I cannot wait for you to read Visser. Cannot wait. One fear. I say one fear. <laughs> Many fears. <laughs> Under a singular fear umbrella. <laughs> yeah, laugh it up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, um, Acts that they they continue to play this uh like part where Axe is the arrogant Andalite who's like doesn't give a fuck about a Yurk prisoner. Why shouldn't we kill you? Um, but uh, it, it it's all very good. Axe does a phenomenal job of playing this part. Um, so. Uh, Axe is like, why shouldn't we kill you? You Yurks killed my brother. Um, Elfangor's brother, I might have known some branch of his squalid, cowardly family still lived. <laughs> like, you didn't kill, you just killed Elfangor. You didn't kill his parents. Of course. What? How but do you not also, know like, that Axe is alive? But this is Vessel 1 being very, no, knowing how to get under an Andalite skin. That's true. That's true. Now, it's very good, but like, she's like, mm, yeah, it's even likely that you would know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is what makes Vissa 1 so interesting comparatively. That's not the Vissa 3 isn't interesting. Vissa 3 is a messy bitch, and I love that. Like, the drama, it's great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Vissa 1 is so calculated and manipulative in a way that is genuinely scary uh-huh and we get hints of just how perceptive Vissa one is through this book like might might be currently dealing with a demotion but there is a clearly a reason this yerk managed to get to the position of Vissa one mm-hmm. yeah uh reasons why when y'all killed Visser three i was like oh no <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, no, because we basically just like invited the. Uh, okay, well that he's gone. This is the thing you've got to deal with now. Congratulations, <laughs> you made things worse for yourselves. Uh-huh. Uh You mean instead of the bloviating blowhard, you get <laughs> this calculating monster? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But I'll, I'm just over here giving a uh, Vissa one in Dumb Kids more ammunition by accident. We're doing <laughs> so well. <laughs> you're doing great. Uh, you're doing amazing, sweetie. <laughs> uh, 
but Visser 1 is like, uh, it was Visser 3 who ended Elfangor's life. Uh, he's the one you want, and I also want him. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Uh, <laughs> not that I wouldn't have been proud to claim Elfangor as my own victim. Basically, they have like this kind of weird three-way standoff with Visser 3, even though Visser 3 isn't present, um, where mm -hmm. uh, Visser 1 is like, I want to take down Visser 3, and I know you want to take down Visser 3, but also I would kill you if I got the chance. And the, and the Animorphs are like... <laughs> I would kill you yeah. for one corn chip. <laughs> <laughs> the Animorphs are like, yeah, we also want Visser 3. We also want you dead. So like, mm. <laughs> we we don't trust you at all, but we're going to make this deal. Um, I like that we have this detail um, that, that, yes, they're going to agree to this deal. Uh, we have uh, this lovely little detail of um, they, they realize she doesn't have any more weapons on her mm -hmm. and she's adjusting her wig. And this, he Marco doesn't even realize or know why he's doing it, but he like knocks the wig off mm -hmm. her head with a backhand. Mm -hmm. And we just get this line where gentle and light warrior. And he just snaps at her to be quiet. And she uh, explains that Visser 3 had her arrested uh, on account of treason. Um, now, um, once his Hawk Bajir get back, they'll have proof that he can take to the council. Um, they've issued a gashad, uh, a warrant to kill her on sight. And Tobias just like, so what are you up to? She's like, hey, yeah, wouldn't you like to know? And actually, just like, yes, we would, and you will tell us, or you will die. Just like, and like, Axe, like when she says, I'm already dead, and Axe just like, well, you yeah, know, your plan's got to involve discrediting Vista Three. We might help, because um, I mean, if Vista Three's got the gashad on his head, your head's going to be much more secure. Um, and it's just like, it's just everybody in the room is very savvy. Mm -hmm. Um. And um, acts like, yeah, you've probably got much more resources um, than you're acting like you do. Um, <laughs> we have Marco smashing the portable Candrona. Mm -hmm. uh, so she's now got even less time, mm -hmm. effectively. Um, and then it explains about like how it's to do with the, the free Hawk Bajir. Axe is just like, there are no free Hawk Bajir and this one's just don't play dumb. We appreciate your intelligence. It's the one thing we like about Adelites is that you're smart. <laughs> just, just don't. Um, but, um, and like, she expands some more on this theory. Um, there are all sorts of ways to figure out what is going on underground if you have the mental acuity, which Visa 3 most assuredly does not. Um, just such good shit talking. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, but then she goes on, uh, tell me, Andalite, how did your brother, the mighty Elfangor, succumb to so flawed and incompetent a Yerk as Visser 3? Which, like, acts of, like, ten books ago would definitely have risen to that bait. Um. Oh, yeah. But instead, he replies calmly, I could ask you the same thing. Which <laughs> is like, like, yes! Beautiful. Mm. Love, love this boy. Um, mm -hmm. And she goes on to say, I know the importance of revenge to Andalite culture. Visser 3 killed your brother. You're on about to kill him. I can make that happen. And Axe is like, for a price. And she's like, yeah, for a price. What's the price? 
uh, the hork colony. Give me the free hork I will give you Visser 3. Um, and Marco tells Axe to tell her that they agree. Tobias, who has been quiet and going along with this all so far, um, <laughs> this pushes one of his berserk buttons. Uh, are yep. you insane? There's no way we're giving up the hork Um, and Marco's like, no, we won't. But she doesn't know that. She thinks we're Andalites. You know the one word Yurks always use in describing Andalites? Ruthless. That's what they think. She'll buy it. Um, and Axe is like, that is all you ask, Yurk? The free hork I was concerned you might demand something of value. <laughs> Which, like, <laughs> Axe, buddy. <laughs> uh, he, pl- he plays it, uh, too well. Um, upsettingly well. Yes. Yep. And Axe checks with Tobias, like, are, are we making this deal? And Tobias is like, you better know what you're doing, Marco. Uh, this is way beyond anything Jake and the others have approved. Um, and Marco's like, do you want Visser 3? She can give us Visser 3. Uh, and Tobias says, and then she replaces him. I know Axe's motive here. He is a personal score with Visser 3. The question is, do you have a personal problem here as well? It's good strategy, Tobias. You know I'm good at that. You know I'm good at seeing the main chance. Yeah, you are. But that's your mother. Uh, I couldn't argue with that. Jake left it up to you, Tobias. Tobias laughed without any humor. You'd better not be playing us, Marco. If it comes down to it, Visser 1, no matter what host body, is meat. You know that, right? You're clear on that. I'm clear, I said. Okay, Axeman, Tobias said. We have a deal, Axe said. Tell me where to find the free hork You'll be given that information when the time comes, Axe said. Once Visser 3 is exposed, I will kill him. That way, you will have not committed treason by murdering a full Visser, and I will have achieved my sworn revenge. One more thing. You and the rest of your gang will be there. I will need you to help me eliminate the free hork I am one person, all alone. Axe started to answer. I stopped him. Agree, Axe. What? Tobias demanded. Alone my butt, I said. She has some kind of force. She's too calm, too relaxed about Visser 3 trying another attack here. She already has her forces nearby. Agree to do what she asks. A hork is a hork Axe said indifferently. No more than animals to us. Contact me when you're ready, she said. How? She smiled then, a smile that was my mother's smile. Again, I felt the opposite urges, to cry and to destroy. I have email. She laughed and told us the address. Then she narrowed her eyes and looked at us, each, one after the other. One of you does almost all the talking. Two of you stay and morph. Visser three is a fool. He has overlooked something strange about your group of rebels. He has missed something. She grinned a savage grin, but don't worry. When I am returned to power, I will figure it out. And then, she made a gun hand, pointed at my head, and said, And then, uh, dragon beam noise, uh, which is kind of hilarious to think about Visser 1 saying out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but just like, there's so much here between the three of them, uh, Tobias being super perceptive and, like, not judging Axe at all for, like, wanting to be in on this revenge shit. Um, mm. hello, Arrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, like, he also, 
he's also not judging Marco for having like a personal investment here either. Like he gets it. He just wants to, he wants to make sure that Marco is aware of what he's doing mm. and what he's agreeing to. Um, and I love that Marco doesn't unilaterally make the decision here. Like he says, mm. Jake left it up to you, Tobias. Like he respects that, which is really yeah. big. And he respects Tobias. Mm hmm. He isn't like making out, oh, it's up to you and trying to belittle him. It's literally just like, it's your call. Because he knows that Tobias is smart mm -hmm. and aware of what's going on. Like, I really do get the feeling like he does trust Tobias. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's cool to see. Yeah. Um, and just like. Axe is playing his part perfectly. Like, Marco is kind of coaching him on, like, the direction to go, but Axe is playing mm -hmm. the part, like, just fine. Um, it's, it's interesting to think about, like, Axe leaning on stuff he's maybe heard, like, mm -hmm. And how much he does, if this is stuff he's comfortable doing, cause we don't, I'd love to get just a taste of his perspective. Like if this feels mm -hmm. bad to do or whether this is like upsettingly easy for mm -hmm. him to do and not liking that. Mm -hmm. Cause we get an instance of Cassie doing something similar later as I just like happening to know exactly what the right thing to do. Yeah. And the right thing to say. That's very good shit. It is good shit. And I just love, like, it. she doesn't get the full realization till later. Mm -hmm. But the fact that Vissel One is put together, oh, there's something here. And mm -hmm. I'm going to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And, like, she spends so little time around, like, yeah, we have, like, one or two of the uh, kids with her sort of from this point on pretty mm -hmm. much now. But it's also like, comparatively speaking, she has so little time with them yeah. and figures it out. Mm -hmm. Spoilers, she figures it out. Mm -hmm. um, not who they are, but that they are human. Yeah. It's, uh, and it's the a way glimpse. she does it is. Yes. It's, mm. Yes. It's a glimpse into how quickly they would have lost the war if Mr. Three wasn't in charge. Mm hmm. Uh, which, again, I'm banging my drum of, like, Vissers 3 and 1 were put in charge of the exact opposite wars that they should have been in charge of. Like, Visser 3 should definitely mm -hmm. have been in charge of Lyra, and she should definitely have been in charge of Earth. Yeah. Uh, luckily, they were not. <laughs> uh, mm. Um. So, they leave... Um, they notice that four helicopters are on the way. They're going to be here in a few minutes. Uh, Marco is dead certain that, like, his mom will be gone by the time those helicopters get there. So, like, she's, she's safe enough from Visser 3 mm -hmm. at this moment. Um, so they all take to the air, um, hard flying. They, 
don't really say anything to each other until they are for sure clear of basically the downtown area. Um, and Tobias is like, well, Marco, you've just agreed to betray Jerahami, Toby, and the entire Hurkbajir colony. You better have a plan. I do. Gonna tell us about it. We're going to take them both down. This are one and three. They will want to kill each other. We'll help them. I could sense Tobias's hesitation. We're setting up your mom? No, I'm setting up this or one. Marco, she's... Shut up, Tobias, I snapped. Okay? I know all about it. You guys don't think I'll do it? Well, here's a newsflash. I'll do it. Me. Not any of you. Me. My plan. Okay? You don't have to prove anything, dude, Tobias said. It's not about proving anything. It's about winning this stupid war. We must speak with Prince Jake, of course. Inform him of what we have learned. Obtain his approval of your plan. It's the middle of the night. We can't get to Jake right now. Not with Tom home. We'll talk to Jake tomorrow. Right now, we act. Tobias shifted his wings, moving slightly away. I swear I've never met anyone who could express disapproval the way Tobias can. But at that moment, I don't care what Tobias thought. Taking control, doing, would keep me from dwelling on it, from falling apart. I knew Tobias and Axe were doubtful. I knew they didn't entirely trust me. They thought I was playing a double game, but they were wrong. I had seen the way to destroy both Vissers. I had seen it in all its perfection. People don't understand the word ruthless. They think it means mean. It's not about being mean. It's about seeing the bright, clear line that leads from A to B. The line that goes from motive to means, beginning to end. It's about seeing that bright, clear line and not caring about anything but the beautiful fact that you can see the solution. Not caring about anything else but the perfection of it. That's what had happened. I saw the way to take both viscers down, and that's all that mattered. But I wasn't going to explain all that. Other people's pity just messes with the straight line. Other people's pity makes you think things you can't think about when you're already seeing the line. Look, we're going to need to acquire a native animal to the mountaintops. But I'm not a zoologist, so we go see Cassie. It's the middle of the night where Cassie lives, too, Tobias said. Yeah, but she doesn't have a controller in the house with her. We do not know that for certain, Axe pointed out. If you guys want to bail, fine. I can do this alone. A bluff. I knew they'd hang with me. Tobias had no choice. He could either try and stop me forcefully or go along. You're a jerk, Marco, Tobias said. Yeah, I love you too, I said. <sighs> and here we get the distillation of the mm -hmm. strategist. And I'm emo about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. There's a reason I picked this particular quote for the one that goes in the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but it just, it really, it really, really nails down how Marco works. Yeah. Because we know that Marco is very smart. We know that Marco picks up on things and sees the solution and understands things in a way that the others don't. Similar to how Cassie understands things in a way that the others don't. And similar to Cassie, as long as they're just acting and not thinking about the consequences or the uh, implications of their actions too much, they work with perfect efficiency. I like your highlight there of it's like the possible consequences, but like the for Cassie, it's like what could happen. For Marco, it feels like the hang-ups of the emotional fallout. Mm -hmm. Like what it means. Yes. 
And that's just, yeah, you and I, we've discussed before about how Marco and Cassie are like the duality of them Mm -hmm. and how they are arguably the most similar out of the rest of the characters. Yes. And the way they do things. They just come at it from a, I don't know, like left hand, left brain, right brain kind of a vibe or Mm -hmm. like masculine feminine way. Like even though they are examples of how those things tend to be characterized, Mm -hmm. like, the emotional heart versus like the logical course of yes. action. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and this is something that comes up, uh, it might even be the next chapter, where Marco describes himself as being cold or his actions mm-hmm. as being cold. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, consistently, and we've seen it, Marco is one of the most emotional mm-hmm. of the kids. Yep. He feels things so deeply. And the ramifications of forcing yourself into this way of thinking consistently and repetitively is like, and yeah, this is how tra- this is trauma happening. This is developing brains being forced to act in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And like the fridge horror of what that will mean for them afterwards. Yep. Yep. Uh, do you, you want me to break your heart? <sighs> yes. He learned this from his mom. Oh, bite me. <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I suffer. <laughs> it's good shit. Uh, Excuse me, I'll need to open another tab, book a flight. Gotta go fight Danielle. <laughs> I have a guest room open. <laughs> so considerate. Uh, <laughs> listen, I deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> I recognize that. <laughs> it's just not gonna stop me. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh they fly to cassie's house um i love this bit where like they tobias the is tapping on, on the window and breaks it <laughs> that's i mean i think one that's a poorly made window yes um but also like i suppose a single glazed pane might go that mm-hmm. easily mm-hmm. especially given like the tip of a given what like a raptor beak is like it has got that extreme point on he's using his talon isn't he not his beak no either way i think he's using his beak isn't he yeah he's tapping on the window with his beak but it's like he's tapping normally and then he is tapping harder Mm -hmm. Uh, because it's like first first it's tap 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 with periods and then it's tap 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 with exclamation points Uh uh-huh and then it's tap tap Incredibly good. Also, I love this this joke, like, tap louder. Gee, do you think, Marco? Nothing. Must be dreaming about... (laughs) And you know Marco was about to make a joke about Jake. (laughs) Which is perfect, because as Cassie wakes up, she is asking for Jake. Uh Uh-huh. And Marco's just like, oh, isn't that sweet? Her first thought is Jake. Makes you wonder what kind of dream she was having. (laughs) He's saying this so Cassie can hear him, like uh-huh, he's projecting uh-huh. the thought speak. 
Cassie, I'm sorry about like, the glass. So, it's just like, I'm going to have to explain this, you know. Just say a bird um. hit the window. You would not be lying, says Axe. That mm-hmm. would be a change from the routine, Cassie muttered. I'd love that fucking little passing glimpse of how hard this is for Cassie. Uh-huh. Like just a, mm-hmm. this book is full of little details like that that are very good. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> what are you guys doing? Checking out babes. <laughs> oh God, Marco, please. But, but this, this is fully him leaning into uh-huh. his persona. Uh huh. He's in full jokester mode. Yes. Um, because um, Cassie's immediate- he knows that, Ca- yeah, because Cassie more than anyone else will see right through him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, um, but yeah, he explains nobody's hurt. Uh, we need a good more for the mountain, something that can climb, something with heft and that can inflict punishment. And Cassie's like, "You better not have woken me up and broken my window." And he's just like, "No, nah, it's there's a TikTok situation." And Cassie looks to the others for like confirmation uh Tobias explains that Marco has a plan and Cassie's just like Jake question mark and he's just like Cassie just help us okay and she does she gives them mountain goat as uh, mm-hmm. a thing it's just like uh explains why a mountain goat no not a like a baby petting goat petting zoo goat mm-hmm. uh is is the smart choice and then we have this great little bit mm-hmm uh, Marco asks Cassie where they get a mountain goat and she hesitates and she's just like fully addressing Tobias because is he okay? Seems to be. Tobias, this is a stressful situation for Marco. Jake put you in charge. If Marco is, hey, hey, am I invisible? I'm here, okay? Okay, then I'll ask you. Are you okay, Marco? You seem kind of jazzed. Manic. I said a harsh word. <laughs> then... <laughs> Everyone stop acting like I'm some kind of dimwit. I know what I'm doing. I don't need a bunch of psychoanalysis here. This is an Oprah. Cassie bit her lip thoughtfully. She got a distracted look in her eyes. I realized she was listening to Bias or Axe or both communicating in private thought speak. I don't know what they told her, but I saw that flicker of emotion in her eyes. Pity. Well, she said at last, the gardens have a newish mountainside habitat. It's open air, so you shouldn't have any trouble getting in after hours or getting near the goats. I launched from the windowsill. Neither Axe nor Tobias spoke to me as we travelled. Maybe they were privately ripping me apart. I didn't care. I saw the bright, clear line. Yep. Uh, The next chapter is just them. It's a comedic relief chapter of them going and acquiring the mountain goat. Yeah, Marco gets, like, head-butted in the butt. (laughs) <laughs> by a mountain goat and knocked off the uh, little mountain part of the exhibit. It's very good. Yep. Uh, he's embarrassed by it. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so. I, I do appreciate we get Axe being like, hmm, mountain goats, like these guys' style. Bit. <laughs> Horns, grazers. Uh, I would point out the similarities between the mountain goat and Andalites, except for my extremely disappointing experience with the cow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that experience was disappointing for us too, Axe. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah and they, they just like hey let's go for one that's maybe asleep uh which they do they're able to successfully acquire it. it's only after they've done mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. um i do like uh we get a little bit of snippiness between tobias and marco 
Mm-hmm. Um, look, Tobias, look, get up off my back, okay? I know you're thinking Jake will blame you if this all goes bad, but we just need to get along here, okay? And Tobias laughs. He's just like, oh, okay, I'm I'm, I'm pouting. Unless we end up getting kicked cross-country by these big goats, then I'll pout plenty. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like that Tobias doesn't try to tell Marco, no, that's not what I'm thinking, because he's mm-hmm. Marco's probably right. Mm-hmm. Because Jake will blame Tobias. Yeah, he will. He absolutely will. We've seen it happen. Uh-huh. But also, he put Tobias in charge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> yep. Uh, but. Yep. They acquire a mountain goat. Uh, actually, all three of them acquire it. Uh, but mm-hmm. only Marco ends up morphing it ever. Uh. Uh, and then Marco gets butted down the cliff by a large male mountain goat. Um, feels humiliated by it. Later, he's described as having injuries from it, which, like, didn't you morph bird to fly back home? So that doesn't make any fucking sense, but okay. Emotional injuries. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, and then we're going to, then we get into, like, the real shit. Um, mm-hmm. and just like, his emotional state continues to deteriorate and his plan begins to happen. And like what we saw with David, um, we, we aren't told what the plan is. We just see it as it's enacted. Um, yeah. but it, everything speeds up. This is, this is about the point when I stopped taking notes because everything after mm-hmm. this just goes. So Marco can't sleep. Uh, thoughts can't steep, can't stop spinning. Um, mm-hmm. And he, Marco's like imagining these conversations around mm-hmm. in circles, talking to Jake, an imaginary Jake, explaining with perfect logic, talking to his dad in some fictional future, some non-existent world where things were different. I can at last tell all the secrets I'd guarded with my life. Me talking to my mom, raging, explaining. Me explaining to my mom as my mom, as my real mom, why I had to do it. Me explaining to my mom as Vissel One laughing, trolling, savoring my victory over her. This is how I defeated you, I crowed. This is how I saved you, I explained. No choice. No choice. I had to do it, Dad. You understand, right? What else was I going to do? Too much on the line. I had responsibilities. You know how that is, right? And besides, she was already dead to you. You'd already grieved, remember? You spent years just sitting in your chair, staring blankly, your life falling apart. See, Jake, don't ever doubt me again. I did it, okay? I put the mission first. I saw the big picture, so don't ever doubt me again because I did what had to be done. Mum, what was I supposed to do? I saw all the plays. I saw all the pieces on the chessboard. There was no solution that freed you. There were only solutions that destroyed you. I had to. How else? How else to? Die, you yerk piece of crap. Wither and die and remember with your last dying thought it was for her. I killed you for her. For Jake. For my dad. Around and around as the hours ticked away, as exhaustion sank deep into my bones. Someday if we won, if humanity survived, we'd be in the history books. Me and Jake and Rachel and Cassie and Tobias and Axe. They'd be household names, like generals from World War II or the Civil War, Patton and Eisenhower, Ulysses Grant and Robert E. Lee. Kids would study us in school, bored, probably. And then the teacher would tell the story of Marco. I'd be part of history what I was about to do. Some kid would laugh. Some kid would say, cold man, I was really cold. I had to do it, kid. It was a war. 
It's the whole point, you stupid, smug, smirking little jerk. Don't you get it? It was the whole point. We hurt the innocent in order to stop the evil. Innocent Hawkbajir, innocent taxons, innocent human controllers. How else to stop the Yerks? How else to win? No choice, you punk. We did what we had to do. Cold man. The Marco dude? He was just cold. And I cry, and I fall down, and I cry some more. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. It's... He's yelling at himself here. Yeah. Obviously. Absolutely. Because he is definitely the kid who sits in the classroom and jokes like, man, that dude was a cold motherfucker. Uh Uh-huh. And he's just so fucking aware. And this is the first time we've heard any of them talk about the taxons being innocent. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, he's so aware of what they're doing and because they have to do it. Yeah. Because he doesn't see a way out and because how else do they win? And, um, the thing that it reminded me of is just like him, like, yelling at this fucking XP of himself mm-hmm. for doing it. Because I said, it's the duality of him. He is both of these things. Mm-hmm. He's just trying to, and we we see just like telling his mum how he won, crowing to Vissel one that he won, and like him fighting with himself. Mm-hmm. Um, like the, and this is like the, like we've, we've talked before about how as we return to each kid, it sort of expands on what it means. Like first it was that, accepting the call then it was this is my role in the war and then it's this is what my role actually means and what is it doing to me Mm -hmm. and the way these kids are forced to be and rachel is the fighter and she like get she takes refuge in the she can do this she can be strong she can fight cassie gets to like we know she's the t- the moral tether for Jake, but that's as m- I'd argue it's as much for her as it is mm-hmm. for Jake, and because you know, somebody needs to make these choices. Mm-hmm. Um, Mac, our good friend um, of Dumb Kids, uh, had this line. Oh Christ! Uh, in the fic uh, they just wrote, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking about yeah, the one that killed me. Yeah, the one that killed you. Yeah, that one. That exact one. Um, and has this line in there about Adrian. There's a lot of chess metaphors, so it's appropriate for this. But there was a line in there about how uh, Adrian, who is uh, the dumb kid's heart, so effectively the Cassie of the group. And a lot, in a lot of ways, August is doing an incredibly good Cassie. Mm-hmm. Um, but also making it own. But I divert. I, um, I'm getting off track. Describes like if, and Mac describes Adrian as the king on the chessboard, because if he is lost, the game is over. Because the group's humanity is so tied in to Adrian. And just mm-hmm. as this group needs Cassie to be who she is, because without her, who are they? Mm-hmm. And Marco forcing himself to be this cold person, to be logical, 
when we know he's an emotional person. And as I read that, I got uh, a line. I th- it's been used in plenty of places because um, I looked up where it's from, and it's uh, actually in Serenity. But uh, please, God, make me a stone. Mm. Like I don't want to feel these things because feeling them makes it hard. He said as much. Like anybody feeling pity makes me aware of the other stuff that I know is going on. That I'm. I just need to focus on the line because the line is what matters. Mm-hmm. If I can see where we're going, then I can get us there. Please don't make me look at other things. Because the line here is here. And this is why I have to walk. Yep. Yeah. I need to fight Richard. <laughs> he knows what he did. <laughs> um, but yeah. The person we have to be for others, the roles we have to play, mm-hmm. the burden that that places on us. Yeah. Where? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, I'm going to sob some more about these babies. Yep. Hey, they're 13, maybe 14. 13 years old. Mm-hmm. Ah, I just, I hate how much this war has made them grow up so fast. Mm-hmm. And, like, <sighs> the way that also, and this I think is true of all of them, um, maybe not Tobias, it might come up more in later books. While they do embrace the roles they need to play, all of them have increasing amounts of self-hatred. Mm-hmm. Rachel, like, yeah, I'll do the fight. I hate being seen as the fighter. I don't want to just be this. The way Marco talks to him about himself, mm-hmm. like resenting the need to be logical, but also hating himself. Jake, too, they all do it. Mm-hmm. And it's like... K.A. have done a very good job. Like, hey, war fucks you up. Did you know? Yep. Uh, Were you aware that war bad? War is, in fact, bad. But, like, seeing it happen, like, being Mm -hmm. with these characters as they grow and change. Yeah. For the worst reasons. Mm hmm. And also, the necessary ones but also this shouldn't have been their fight mm-hmm. but it is mm-hmm. yeah it's it is in many ways a tragedy in like the classical mm. sense of the word absolutely because like you you know reading this that like this is not a series with a happy ending mm-hmm. um like, you might hope otherwise, but, like, in your bones, when you've gotten to this point, like, you know. Um, and... Also like, like, it's war stories, isn't it? Even if you win, mm-hmm. you were ne- you're not, you're yes. not, a different person goes home. Yes. Uh, and you just, you have, you're watching the train wreck in slow motion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, watching yeah. them 
take these incremental steps toward their own destruction. And they know it's what they know it's happening too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're walking time. into like, it with open eyes. It's one thing to be on a train wreck in slow motion. They know they're on the train. Yeah. They are and steering they themselves the into the wreck. Mm-hmm. Because they recognize that like these are the people they have to be in order to continue to operate in the way that they are operating. Like, yeah. it would take a very dramatic change in the shape of the war in order for them to be able to not be on this track. Mm-hmm. But to do anything else at this point would be destruction for them. Yeah. Of, like, the, not, not of their selves, but of the the world of the war like losing um mm. and to each of them you know we see we see marco make the the remark later like referring to his mom it's just one person compared to mm-hmm. you know the world compared to all of the free horkbashir compared to whatever um and you can see that in their reflections of themselves, like, what is, what is the cost of myself in, mm-hmm. you know, when compared to the whole world? Yeah. Like, I am, or even just to my friends, like, you see that with Rachel, mm. especially, like, yeah. I am willing yeah. to destroy myself in order to keep my friends safe. And so that they don't have to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you see it in Jake in taking on the mantle of responsibility and making those decisions so that other people don't have to. Yeah. And in Marco, you see just the, like, this is, this is the plan. We see the plan and I can, I can follow through on this plan, or at least he thinks he can. Um, yeah, but it's. Oh, I think we see he was ready to. Mm-hmm. He's just saved from having to. Yes, which continues to fuck me up. <laughs>